Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) In many days, (laughs) I was wandering aimfully through podcast forest, and there were trees abounding representative of ideas and thoughts and there were small woodland creatures running can i opt those out those are our listeners i like really gave it a, char- a chance why? and i was like where is he taking why'd it why'd you opt out i didn't like it really why it made me feel weird <laughs> <laughs> uh i was chatting with one of our waymers hello by the way i was chatting with one of our waymers in a slack direct message and she sent me something that said like narrator voice and mm-hmm. hello michelle and uh narrator voice and i i immediately in that my was mind your narrator voice? no that wasn't it but oh, I, I could see. just i just did one i was just like and then she realized okay that so that the, was your narrator the voice. email no that one's different that Is one has it? like yeah they're all different one of them was just a lower volume babe it's the same exact sound oh right maybe oh, no <laughs> <laughs> nope Nope, nope, hard this no. This episode, no. as you read the title, is Jason Does Voices and Carol Reacts. <laughs> Jason Does Voices and Carol Says No yeah. for 45 uh, minutes. Just a YouTube channel of a uh, husband and wife, a wife reacting to a husband's bad imp- impersonations or impressions. You think that's our ticket to... I think that's it. To or the ticket moon. to ride? I, I have that's have a board to, game. I have to cough. Okay. <clears throat> Kind of, you know what it was? It was the chocolate that you fed me. I poisoned you. You, you <laughs> sabotaged poison. You podcast sabotaged me. You were like, here, do you want this like chocolate that'll just get yeah. like all one little tiny bite? Well, we're about to get into the like uh holiday, Christmas, you know, treats. there's there's just this treats is, abounding. It's, it's treat season. Treat season. It is treat Ladies season. And, and anywhere in between, it is treat season. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that we have experienced in our lives we're in the bramble by the way just like we'll get this into is the stuff. Bramble. one of the things we have experienced in our lives but we haven't really experienced in our lives is having like summertime during christmas like we've come from florida so it's been warm but it isn't summer in our minds you're talking about like our australian friends exactly southern hemisphere friends mm. who it's summertime around mm-hmm. christmas and what I, is that like? Exactly. I'm like, what is... I kind of want to experience that. Well, it's just... It's the same, like... But it's hot. But it's hot. But it has been hot in Florida, but it's also been winter. So, like, a day later, it'll be 30 degrees. Because it does get that right, cold Right, but we, we have had a hot Christmas. For sure. I'm just meaning, like, the season. So, I'm season, sure it's like that. You know, like, the season. You just, Right. You're not seeing, like, spray-painted snow on shopkeepers' windows. Cr- maybe. maybe you are. We need to go and find out. Australian friends. We need to go see things. We you know? need to see. That is and for sure. We're 11 weeks away from folks. seeing things. Are you so excited? Because tell everybody what we're doing today. I've been talking a lot. You tell them. Today, we've had it on the calendar to sit down and have another check in on our travel itinerary. We've been sort of stalled. Yeah. We know our first two We knew locations, we were going to be stalled. We knew we were going to be stalled. But we knew that our trip to florida and then the recovery afterwards and so now we're ready to dive back in yeah 
And I'm really excited because it's like my favorite thing to do right now is yeah. just dream about where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to see? Uh, so, yes, excited for this meeting. And a couple of people that I've been chatting with via email and Slack and really that's it. Well, I guess a little bit of Instagram because I did post a thing. Mm-hmm. And then like obviously people want to talk to you when you post a thing. And you're like, oh, geez, I'm just <laughs> such an influencer. So oh, buy my tea, buy my tea. <laughs> and uh, one of one of the conversations I got into a couple different ways was people really love the planning of the thing as much as we do. And they really appreciate that like any trip it's the like 50% of the joy you get is. is the lead up. And this is very different for us because this trip is like a year and yeah. you know, possibly longer. Like we just keep exploring, like, you know, we just don't know. We're not setting any parameters other than right now. The goal is a year, you know, making sure that like nothing comes up, nothing crazy happens. And like, we have to leave like COVID. Um, but it's very different in the planning of that versus like a two-week vacation. Because a two-week vacation, you know it's a start and finish. You're going to come back to your normal life. This is, what are we doing? You know, like we're There's just so going. so many pathways. So what I, my point to that was the planning part of it is interesting. But because it's like such a long trip, mm-hmm. it's almost more difficult to really enjoy the planning of this one and not be stressed out by all the Yeah, things. that's why I've been really thinking in like little quarterly chunks yeah. almost. Like chunks. to me... Chunks. Chunks. To me, we are going to have a very, very, very loose framework for like the whole year, but imagine it like as a drawing and it's like we're going to loosely pencil sketch in the whole year. Yeah. And then for the first quarter, we're going to do like get out your ink pen, do an outline, yeah. and then going on the trip is actually coloring stuff in, with, right? With watercolor markers, which are just an amazing feat of human engineering. Okay. Love a good who, watercolor marker. Who knew that you had such an extensive knowledge of? Well, Prismacolors, obviously, which are not. They're like not the original. They're like the that's, original watercolor. I think that's an alcohol marker. Okay, easy. <laughs> I don't need you coming at me with your different liquids you want to classify. Also, I do want to fully acknowledge the immense uh, privilege it is to complain about the amount of difficulty we're going to have planning a year of traveling full time. Oh, were you complaining? No, not really. But I just like, as we're oh, starting yes. to like really dive into this and we'll talk more about this we in need, the future. We're going to probably be doing that a lot yeah, because... I we... just really want to acknowledge it because so often we'll listen to a podcast and we'll hear somebody say something they're complaining about like the most first world problem ever. Like the house tour that I watched on YouTube where they were complaining about they couldn't do a walk-in pantry. They had to figure out how yeah, to do a pantry exactly. indoors. And I was like, I, I love you guys. I understand that this was a real... I do not it want was to a wrinkle in- for you. invalidate this yeah. wrinkle in your life that you had to figure out about your pantry. But let me just tell you how it comes across when you're yeah. really talking about the hurdle of your pantries yeah. and your brand new second home that you're walking us exactly. through. Exactly. Like, did just, I watch it? Yes, I did. Just shift <laughs> the just shift the thing. Like acknowledge the the issue there sure, in, sure, in sure. what you're dealing with. So anyway, uh, but excited for that meeting. Excited for we are 11 weeks away from departure. Okay, are you starting to get like a little... I mean, I think I'll feel differently with our meeting today, but I'm starting to get a little like... Mm, kind of feeling the time pressure a little bit oh yeah okay oh yeah because to me <laughs> oh yeah it was like as i look around our i mean we have a small house it's, it was it's, like you know, before not that big, but... the florida trip it was like the, oh, so we far so away much time. so much time so much time and then three weeks away it was just that perfect timing yeah. where it was just those three weeks away were the that we transitioned yeah. into oh dear yeah. There's, this is... Well, and that's why the meeting today is going to be great, because essentially what we're going to do is break it down week by week going forward yes. and really go, OK, what are we focusing on this week? And I think it's really going to boil down to, A, deciding on some more destinations and like figuring that part of it out. But B, also going like, OK, next week is going to be Fart Studio Week. Yeah. Like we're going to chip and away at that. And I think the second that we start, like 
let's take my studio for an for an example if we started to clear this out and, yeah. and a little bit each day or whatever the tasks are related to that yeah. i do think i'll feel less pressure it's oh, the fact sure. that nothing has been done absolutely and i don't want to say nothing like we've inventoried the house we've yeah, figured out the but packing it, but things have to start leaving for it to feel like things we're have to start leaving making some some Correct. headway so if anybody wants our ikea dishes <laughs> those are going to be up for grabs those were six dollars when we bought them so we'll take five because you know it's just a 10% loss. What are the sustainability loss. implications of IKEA? Have we looked into that? <sighs> Probably not good, if we're being honest. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, where's what's the sustainability implications of anything as a human these I days? I know. Well, you, you just got to do your best. And you got to do your best. You really you do. You got to do your best. Um, I also wanted to touch on travel related. Yeah. I just posted this before we got on our recording here in our Wandering Aimfully Slack. Just a screenshot of our packing video and it's uh, ascent into YouTube algorithm virality. Which I said dangerous because this is about the point where I start to be like, can we turn off comments? Because I don't yeah. want to know. Yeah. Uh, so this video, just to give you some quick context for those of you who are not in our Slack and you're like, wait, what are you talking about? We posted a, a, a video. It was the 246 things that we packed. We counted. We have them in a notion database. That we database are packing. That we are packing. We, we plan to pack. And we wanted to get the internet's feedback on it because there are so many people who are full-time travelers that could give us great ideas, which we found so many. Like lipstick and mascara it needs mm. to go in your toiletry bag. Like that's a win mm -hmm. right there. Oh, separate your passports. That separate was another hot passports, tip. Separate uh, your passports. Shoe bags. Like, mm -hmm. shoe you know, bags. I've thought of shoe bags, but I didn't really think of them. Shoe bags were on Absolutely my list. I was going to buy shoe bags we need regardless. Them. Um, which forgot to just, include in the video. And there's, I mean, I think there's now like 275 comments on this video which just goes to show you like our normal videos get like 20 comments so uh it, it the video is at as of recording this like 50,000 views it is accruing 10,000 views every four 48 hours which is kind of crazy because oh, i remember dear. sending you a screenshot oh, no. when it was like a thousand 200 views every yeah. 48 hours and then it just has gone up uh but all in all <laughs> it, it has been a pretty good example of people showing up to help there are plenty of people with opinions mm -hmm, that we don't mm -hmm. have to listen to mm -hmm. but i i have said and we're going to do this you know we'll probably put it in our meeting today of we should go through and read yes. the comments and we don't Take normally do this find the things and, and i think one of the things that i'm taking away from a lot of people is taking a real hard look at like how full we're packing everything. I feel the exact same and way. And the weight. Like everyone I, yeah. is saying weight related because we don't have weight restrictions in the US. Like they don't weigh anything. If you check bags, they do. We don't ever check bags. But our goal is to try and be carry only. We know with smaller airlines that's not going to happen. We're going to have to check our bags. But we just really need to be. I totally feel the same way. That I actually felt that way not looking at the comments, but look feeling what it was like when we were traveling to Florida. Yeah. Because the bag our bags weren't even that full and yet and honestly like, i had smaller my, clothes because I, I didn't know. have any jackets and my backpack pants. didn't even fit under the seat yeah. in the on the so. it needs it needs to be able to fit under the seat i know so we're just going to make some choices yeah and i think also what i'm learning when i'm really thinking about it is it's really not smart of me to try and think i need to have an entire wardrobe with it's me true. i need to really Basics. whittle down not just the basics, but whittle down the summer items yeah. and be like, okay, then I can go on a short shopping trip when we're over there when the weather changes. Because yeah. we're not going to have summer weather for like three to four months. This is true. And and I do think one of the points that, that folks made was you're packing a lot of like cute, colorful things, which are great in theory, but you end up going back to like the same comfort things, especially if you're like moving around a lot. And so it's just, it, I think it's like, do I need three of these items that like make me feel this way? And this is for me as well. And just figuring out, like, can I do one? And then if I want to buy another one while I'm over there, buy another right. one. But don't pack a bag full. Of Be open things. to right. expanding a little bit when you're over there. I hear anyway, that. Lots to think about. I hear that. But also, 
that is one of those situations where you have to filter feedback through the lens of your unique experience because people don't understand that we have lived with a very basic wardrobe and uh, and having accessories or or colorful jackets or things like that they they bring me so much joy yeah so it's like great for you if you don't care about style or like if that doesn't bring you joy at all and you're all for efficiency and comfort but for me i have to understand that i want that as a factor yeah no that's fine yeah and it's just i was just sharing like it's just good to think these things through because we're in the time zone of we can make some easy changes before we go and obviously we can make changes on a road like we can get rid of anything but it'd be nice to like cull everything down to a nice list Mm -hmm. all right let's get into uh the topic for today Mm -hmm. you we had a topic already ready you busted down the front door you kicked it down you were like dave batista in one of his action movies oh my god are you dave batista and i'm like no i'm caroline kicked it down i did it's off the hinges on the floor i have to clean up the scraps (laughs) and you were like we have got to change everything about this week's podcast do you think that you're exaggerating would you say that Probably the door isn't knocked off the hinges. Oh, interesting. It's fine. Hmm. Yeah. That's a, the rest a of different account. Feels super accurate. <laughs> no, I was working out. And this is usually when podcast topics come into my brain is when I'm working out. It's Great. interesting to me. And I came back in and I said, Jason, I want to do, we've talked about this idea in various episodes, but I want to do an entire episode dedicated to this idea, which is not an idea that is ours. It is an idea popularized by an author named James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits. And it is the idea of setting systems instead of goals. Yeah. And if you want to read more about his take on it, I would highly recommend the book. I, it It is one of those books where people are like, really? Habits? Yeah. But he did a lot of research and it actually, he distills, I think, very helpful concepts into tangible illustrations and like simple ideas. And this is one of those ideas that seems so painfully simple, but when I tell you it has actually made an impact on my life, it really has. And so I wanted to do a whole episode about it because I just thought if someone out there you know, has struggled with some of these certain things, like maybe this could help them. Maybe it could help them not get discouraged from posting on social media and having their art, like nobody's paying attention to it. Or maybe it could help them, you know, be more consistent with their marketing because they're having trouble being consistent. Or maybe it could help them shift some of their habits, you know, those types of things. So listen, you kick the door and I'm ready. Did you feel that energy? Did you feel the Dave Batista energy? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I really, I'm picturing you in a bald cap right now, and I don't know how I feel about it, because it's like, you might like I would it. be, I'm bald, you're bald. We're together. Oh, okay. What? Halloween, not next year, because we'll be on the road with the following year. C- could I get a bald cap, and could we go as some type of matching? Bald? Baldness? Per- people. Either that, or you dress up as, as me as a person, and I'll dress up as you as a person. Yeah, but we know the whole swapping gender thing. Like, I'm not oh, okay. totally gotcha. into that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, but I just think it'd be fun to be like twins, but we're not. Well, we could go as twins. Danny, Danny DeVito <gasps> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't think you're... I'm short enough for that. I could get to beefy. To really sell it. I could get beefy. <laughs> And anyway, by that I mean stuffing We're recording this after Halloween, yeah, so the, yeah, the wheels are really turning, it. but you just need more time. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so James Clear, the idea of... Right, so the way I will do my best to kind of summarize this idea, but the idea is so so many of us focus on goals, right? Like we're setting goals and what is the outcome going to be? And that's great. There's nothing wrong with setting goals. Yeah. However... His notion is instead of focusing your attention on the outcome that you're trying to get, the goal, 
focus on the the system meaning the steps that you're taking in order to reach that goal and try to optimize for that yeah and i'll give an example just so i think it's a lot easier so for me the way that this has really um impacted my life is this this goal that i had at the beginning or at the end of last year you, you all have heard me talk about it several times of wanting to make fitness and um movement a regular part of my life i know this that it is important for your health i you know am watching my parents get older and not take care of their health the best way that they could and i want to change that pattern so the best way for me to do that is to become a person who works this into their daily schedule but boy oh boy do i hate exercise yeah well i used to and i have been just searching for different ways to approach this particular behavior change that I want to see in my life. Side note, this is not um, any type of judgment on whether you should or should not exercise. This is not about changing your body. There are also many people who physically can't exercise. Exactly. This is not a judgment on any of those things. This is simply, I want you to imagine some type of behavior change that you know deep in your heart is something that you want for your life or the way that you feel or for how the the direction you want your life to take apart from what anybody else wants for you. This is something you want for yourself. Yeah. And when he said that in the book, focus on the system instead of the goal, I thought, okay, instead of, you know, focusing on this goal and trying to use that as my motivation and, and and expecting to be motivated because we all know motivation is very fickle. Yeah. How can I optimize for the daily action of doing the exercise? And so for me, that is really just been about that. It's been about optimizing, okay, what time of day is the best time for me to exercise? What feels the best? Okay, it's morning. Yeah. Um what what is really important for me to enjoy exercise? Novelty, being able to not just do one exercise, but really being able to have the flexibility to switch it up. Um, it's important for me to be able to, because I'm a highly sensitive person and some days I'm extremely exhausted and other days I'm not, I need to be able to have flexibility in what can consider is considered a workout. Mm-hmm. I can't just say I'm gonna work out for an hour and that that's not realistic for me. Right. So by focusing on optimizing for the actual like thing that I'm doing day in and day out, I've created this habit that I actually enjoy, which now I'm coming to the end of reaching my goal, which is to work to work out every day for a year. Yeah. But had I just had the goal, I probably would have stopped a long time ago. Well, it would have been the past couple of years of our lives when that's always the goal every single year. It's, right. You know, just like for anybody, it's like January rolls around like, boom, first resolution, work out every day this year, you know, so, or some version of that. Right. And so I do keep like a little tally mark because I find that, you know, I, I really like seeing all the effort that I've put in, but I don't even really, I mean, I, I'm really bad at updating at this point. Like I, every couple of days yeah. I have to redo it. But what I do focus my energy on is every day. Okay, yeah. what what am I going to, or usually it's the day before. I'm like, okay, what workout am I going to do tomorrow? And it's just, I'm focusing on the one day in front of me and like optimizing for making that a good experience. And because it's a good experience, I wake up the next day and I go, okay, I want to do that again. Okay, yeah. I want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that we've really learned over the years when it comes to life stuff, when it comes to business stuff, is the more you get fixated on the goal and the outcome itself, the more pressure you put on every single thing that you do to lead to accomplishing that goal or that outcome. And like a perfect example is our enough number with Wandering Aimfully that we hit and we've talked about it now a couple episodes, so I don't want to harp on it. But, you know, had that been like 
the only thing that mattered was just like we have to reach this monetary thing. Right. It was not the only thing that mattered. It was a it was a guiding principle moving us forward of this is just the direction we want to go and we hope to get to. And early on, we were like, we're going to get there in a year, which was very silly of us. But also, the goal was not get to this number in a year by all means necessary. It was how do we get to this number in a sustainable way that we can also model for other online business owners to show them you don't have to pay for Facebook ads. You don't have to hire a team. You don't have to do all these different things. You can just do this at your own pace, be an experimenter, try lots of different things, and you will get there. And the time that it takes, that's kind of out of your control, but also you can do it based on enjoying the process every step as much as you can every step of the way. That's what it really comes down to is enjoying the process. And I just, that's why I wanted to record this episode because I wonder what might happen for people if they offered up this question to themselves of how could you optimize the process for joy? How could you optimize the process for fun? And would that lead inevitably to more consistency and would consistency inevitably lead to you actually getting to where you want to go. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the idea behind the whole systems, not goals thing. I do want to say goals are important. This is not to demonize goals. This yeah. is not to say you shouldn't have goals. You know, speaking to what you said about the enough number, that was incredibly motivating because we had suddenly a North Star, like an anchor some point in the future to say, here's where we're headed. Yeah. And that can really help you not feel so scatterbrained and not feel lost. It also really helps you in the inevitable spikes and valleys, like the peaks and valleys of any journey. Mm -hmm. And I think like a, another good example is, you know, say our Wandering Aimfully Instagram account. You know, I think when we got started, I, I believe we talked about this in some capacity. We were like, if it gets to 10,000 followers on Instagram, that is a win. Like, we don't need to get any more followers ever. And that's I don't like. I think we even said that because I remember, like, I think it was 2019. Our goal was to go from 2,000 followers to 4,000 followers. Yeah, we were but like, I, wow. I'm just saying, like, like, literally end of the line, finish line goal. Oh, if right. we ever get there, that would, like, it doesn't have to happen for 10 years. You know, just as long as there's any steady growth at all and we're enjoying and seeing engagement. And then the really awesome thing that happens is that number falls into the background right? and you don't think about it. And instead you then go, okay, how can we provide value three times a week on this platform, show up in interesting and different ways, and also just share some ideas that are a little bit contrary to the space that we exist in, in like the online coach, online business space, and let the kind of response to that and the engagement and seeing people go, oh, that's really changed my mind about something, that be the metric of success. Mm -hmm. And then this like arbitrary vanity metric number of 10,000, even if that was a thing that we talked about or not, it really doesn't matter. But if you end up getting there, which we will inevitably get there probably in the next year or less, it still doesn't matter. Like that number is inconsequential. What we found is posting the content that we like, interacting with people in a way that we like. Like those are the things we found along the way that we really enjoy. Yeah. And that makes using Instagram for us as a business it actually worthwhile. So I, I'm sure you probably have more you want to touch yeah, on. Yeah, well, here's, here's why I think that is really interesting because when we focus on outcomes, we're, f we're actually putting our focus on something that we can't control, right. which is setting us up for failure and for disappointment, I want to say. Um, so social media is a perfect example of that, right? When you say, oh, I want to grow to 10, let's say it's 10,000 followers. Yeah. But am I really in control of that? No. no, I'm not. I can set it as a goal. But instead of I'm not in control of the output, but I am in control of the input. And so something I've noticed is over the past year, all of my goals have switched to input goals, not yeah. output goals. Well, what I mean by that is 
they focus to systems goals, not outcome goals. So it's like, I know what I'm sort of trying to achieve and that can get me started. But for example, my poetry that I, like I've been doing lately, my goal, quote unquote, is just to write 10 poems by the end of the year. It's not for people to like those poems. It's not for them to get a certain amount of likes on Instagram. It's not even maybe for me to share them. I don't haven't even decided yet if I'm going to share them. It's just to do the amount of things because I believe that the ultimate goal is for me to get better at my poetry. And I know that I can control the amount of input I put into that. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to say, let me write 10 poems before the end of the year. Or um, I was just sharing with you, the reason this is also top of mind is because I know I've seen so many people lately talking about the Instagram algorithm and how much it's changed. And I have to say that because most of our time spent on Instagram is on our Wandering Amphilie account. And because we sort of got picked up into the algorithm with our reels and everything like that, I didn't notice. I mean, of course, I noticed that like the reach is down or whatever. But, you know, it's I, still, I, I would it's say still reaching enough people. Yes, that I would say we were it. in the category of people who had the algorithm was helping us. Right. Now, on my private, my personal. Where you have three times the following. Where I have three times the following, have built it up for many years. It's been dormant for quite a while. But I thought to myself, oh, I want to start sharing my art again. Like, I'm just feeling this like very creative energy right now. And I told myself, I was like, oh, I'm just going to not overthink it. I'm just going to like share a bunch of my art and just keep sharing it. And who knows for how long and all this stuff. And I've just been sharing for like the past three days. But I absolutely can see what people are saying now of the drastic change in reach of now sharing something that, you know, gets it's not even that it gets so much less engagement because I would expect that like if you've been gone for a while, but I look into the insights and it's getting the 5% reach on your account of people who follow you. And so I can understand why people might be disappointed by that. But because I now have this philosophy of like, well, I can't control that. I can't control how Instagram is changing the algorithm. And I understand this is a little different if it's for your business, because that's even more disheartening. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about that because it's, you know, part of the way you market your business. For me personally, on my personal account, I'm not doing anything with my art that's going to make me money. So I can have this. Wish you would. Wish you would. Got this whole fart studio (laughs) I set up. But I have the luxury of not, you know, having it be a big deal. But I'm just saying to myself, like, okay. Okay, I can't control how many people see it. I can't control how many people like it. But what I can control is why am I doing this? Yeah. And I just am enjoying the process again of creating art and sharing it with an audience. And okay, 5% of my following sees it, but that's still, you know, a thousand people. Right. And a thousand people connecting with my art is really cool. And like some of those people will comment and some of those people are excited to see my art back in their feed. And and it's not even about the audience, but it, for me, that is a crucial element of it because I like the conversation that happens around it. But I'm just sort of like in this mindset now where I'm like, okay, but if I'm just going to focus on the process, yeah, creating every day, posting every day and detaching myself from however that happens, because I do know that if I can just stick with the consistency of the input, yeah. I know that my ultimate goal of wanting my art to get better or finding my voice again is going to happen. Great. So I think that's a really helpful part of this idea of systems not, or what is the systems not goals? What's sure, the, let's just call it systems not goals. So that's a great thing for kind of like personal hobby based, you know, maybe some 
side projects type stuff. But now let's talk about it from a business perspective, because I think that's one thing where it's very easy to say, you know, like just stay consistent, focused on the input. But like, if you're relying on a platform, Okay, cool. If you're, it was just Alexa saying she understand. I know. I'm getting. I gotta introduce the point, and then we can talk about it. It wasn't Alexa. It was. Yeah. It was. That's great. It was. It was the S, not the A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, when you have to nickname your robots so that so they, they don't. don't talk to you. Yeah, you stop it, robots. So what I was saying was, this is great for personal, hobby-based, you know, that type of thing. And I do think it blends and leads into business stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I also really want to talk about those online business owners who are listening to us. And they're going, okay, great. But I, I feel like I need to use Instagram to get clients or to sell my products. I feel like I need to have goals based on like how many subscribers I'm getting to my email list. Because if I don't keep getting more, people aren't buying right now. I need to get more. So how does this idea and mindset shift into people who are trying to grow their business and they're seeing, well, yeah, but like if I don't get more numbers, if I don't get more external metrics, I'm not gonna get more sales or money or whatever. Yeah, if, when we talk about adding the business layer on top of it, so first, first thing, this general idea, I think it's really just about consistency, right? Like it's just about saying if you haven't, if you have struggled with consistency before, Maybe it's because you were focusing on the goal instead of the system, which is what we're talking about. Optimizing for the actual behaviors and actions that you're putting in towards the pursuit of the goal, focusing on that. So that's the first layer. That's what we're talking about. But if now you're talking about applying this idea to business, I do think there has to be a layer of checking in and going, am I seeing results? or not. Yeah. And then be because as a business owner your time and resources are very are finite. They're limited. Yep. And so you can't just like you said say, "Oh, well Jason and Caroline told me to focus on the system and then I'm posting every day on Instagram and great, I'm enjoying the process, but it's not getting me anywhere." Right. Like you do as a business owner have to go, "Is this a good use of my time and resources?" So I think the layer on top is just knowing so it's not saying eradicating a goal yeah. and it's not saying don't pay attention to results. It's saying Pay attention to the system in order to get you to consistency, but always check in and see, are you getting the results? And if not, maybe put your time elsewhere. Yeah. And this is where I always come back to, like, let's just say with posting on Instagram specifically as an example to talk about. I have been on this train for quite a long time that you have to have a measurable ROI of some point of the time you're investing into a platform like Instagram. Right. So it it has to be something and that thing can change. So early on, you know, maybe what you're trying to do on Instagram is like, okay, I, it's like working out. I just have to be able to show up here three times a week and post. I'm not worried about my followers yet. I have like this imposter syndrome that I have nothing to say and I can't come up with good ideas. So I have to break through that, right? And that's like your first thing that you do. Great, so now I've been posting for let's say like a month or two consistently. Awesome, I've got that down. Now I wanna try and get some more, you know, people engaged on here because I'm literally talking to like my mom and you know, my grandmother. So I need to get some other people. Great, so what am I doing as well now to be attracting other people. So am I connecting with other accounts? Am I reaching out? Am I trying to get seen by other things? Am I jumping in hashtags? Am I, you know, being in other conversations? You know, what are those things? And and I think the really important part of this, like let's specifically stay on Instagram because I know so many people who listen to this use Instagram for their business, is that you have to start stacking systems. Mm-hmm. And you have to start going, okay, I've got the posting thing down. Now I need to start doing X. Now I need to start doing 
oh, reels are coming up. Okay, well, I shouldn't just poo-poo those because everyone's just pointing at things. I don't wanna point at things on video. You don't have to do it that way. But what you have to acknowledge is that you are using a platform that decides what people do on it. And you can't just keep doing the same system you've done for the past five years for the next five years. Right. The platform will change, the algorithm will change. You have to adapt your system to change along with it. And so it's really important as you start to build these different like system stacks, as I'm trying to explain them, and you you adapt as the platforms adapt. Right, but to like on top of that and in in kind of tension with that is the idea that if you do adapt only to fit the algorithm, but you're going to do something that you don't want to be doing, that's the antithesis of what we're saying, right? Because then you're focused on the goal, which is to use the, the you know, soup du jour of the algorithm yeah. in order to reach some follower count or whatever. But you're going to hate the system, meaning the process. Let's just use process and system interchangeably. You're going to hate the process. In which case you're going to stop. Yeah. It's not going to be sustainable. So I, I absolutely love that point, which is just a bigger point about social media is like you need you can't just dig your head in the sand and be like, I'm going to do the things the way they've always been done because that's how I'm comfortable doing them. Yeah. The platforms will move on without you. Yeah. So it is a little bit about experimentation and um, recognizing that you need to be adaptable. However, making sure that in that adaptability, you're seeking out systems that are sustainable and enjoyable for you yeah um i think that is really a crucial part of it and that's what we're trying to get people to start thinking about yeah with this idea yeah and, and i really you know I, I tend to go back to this kind of like example or idea ever since social media started which is if you ask someone today hey do you want to advertise your business in the yellow pages like that physical book that used to be delivered to every one of our doorsteps. If you ask 99% of online business owners, what are they gonna say? Today? Yeah. No. Hell no, I'm not gonna do that. No one looks at that thing. But that is the change and the evolution of where people's attention lies. Right. 20 years ago, there was not social media as we know it. A thing arrived on your doorstep and that's how you found out about businesses mm -hmm. or you talked about it with people or what have you. Instagram right now is the yellow pages arriving on our doorstep or TikTok or whatever. Which, by the way, fun fact, have you ever wondered why so many like auto like trades are like AA, triple A, yeah. a AAA auto yeah. detailing or like ABC cleaners show up first in the, show up first in the yellow, pages. yellow I just, pages. I like to throw that out there because some people don't know that. Yeah, but I think the, the point that I'm trying to make is all of these ways of promoting your business over time that business has existed evolve. So you always have to keep in mind I'm going to build systems. I'm going to have goals. But the platform that I'm doing those things on will change and I have to evolve in some way, shape or form. And I also have to invest time in things that are maybe a little bit more sustainable long term, which is what we always come back to with building an email list, because there isn't really one email algorithm monster out there that changes things like, mm -hmm. yes, Gmail is probably the biggest player. And when they make a filter change for spam and junk folders, that does affect things. And Apple's recent change of like privacy tracking and that type of thing. Yes, it does affect things, but it doesn't change really the reach of your emails as an Instagram algorithm will change in a reach of your follower count on when you're posting things. Yeah. And so I'm thinking in my head, okay, how do we, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? How do we, there's a word and I can't find it right You're now. You're doing like a crab claw uh, visual, like which you, I don't think is have, it. <laughs> How do we crab no, claw? No, when you way? have two ideas, reconcile. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah. How do we reconcile these two things of focusing on the process, but also I can't just put my time towards something that's not getting me results. And so in very practical terms, this is why we talk about experimentation so much, but literally from the perspective of like a scientist is, okay, I'm going to set out to do a new marketing channel. Let's say I'm starting a newsletter for the very first time. And this is why I think it's important. You set the goal like, okay, fine. Let's set the goal. A thousand subscribers by the end of the year. Great. You know what you're aiming for. Let's set the goal. Let's set the time frame by the end of the year. And then it's like, then you decouple yourself from the outcome and you just say, I'm going to write a newsletter every week. And that's what you focus on. So I'm not, so it's like, it's not saying don't have a goal. Right. And it's not saying don't pay attention to the goal. It's just saying now shift your focus to the process. Now let's make sure you enjoy the the writing process. Now let's every week, let's like, this was exactly what I did at the beginning of Made Vibrant is... If I had focused on my numbers of who I was sending that newsletter to, I would have stopped. Right, cause because the four subscribers. The four subscribers, which two of which were us, us yeah. <laughs> would have really discouraged me. Yeah. But s- something in my mind just told me, similar to this idea of that this, that if you have a system that is sustainable, it will eventually lead to an outcome that is positive. Yeah. I Something in my brain was like, I believe in the power of email marketing and so if I can just get myself to do this every week I believe that I will be further ahead of where I am now one year from now yeah and if I believe that's if that's my hypothesis let me try and just go for that yeah and so I would write that newsletter like I was writing it to 10,000 people because now I'm just focused on the system I'm not I'm not weighing it against the actual you know outcome that I'm getting week after week or how much my subscribers are growing I just really did believe however that is also to say but I gave myself a time frame yeah so if I had done that and I had focused on the system and at the end of that year I had a hundred subscribers and I had spent an hour for 52 weeks I might decide that's not a use of a good use of my time right, right. But yeah, I think that all of that is very contextual to where you are in your journey, where you are with the amount of time that you have, the amount of resources that you have, and you have to decide. And and I think my biggest point when it comes to using social media, using email marketing, doing these things is you have to have a diversification because you can't put all your chips in just one area because something could change and then all of a sudden you're left with nothing. So you got to do a little bit of that. And then also, no matter what it is that you're trying to do, grow and build, you have to promote that thing. So even like the Made Vibrant newsletter, it's not like you just sent an epic newsletter every week. No, I was on... I was on f- Facebook at yeah, the time saying, yeah. hey, my newsletter's going up tomorrow. Here's where you can sign really up. Really terribly promoting it <laughs> yeah. with no compelling like reason for someone to subscribe other than just newsletters eight years ago. And this is where we talk about leveraging the attention that you do have. Yeah. So in the very beginning when you're starting a brand new business, maybe you have no attention, but you do have a circle of friends. Yeah. You can say, hey... I'm starting a new business, you know, if you can support me or let people know, great. That's your leverage. Those are the people who care about you. And so that is who you're going to talk to. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to use a little, or maybe it's in the beginning, let's just use a Facebook page, even though I'm really not, let's not use a Facebook page. Great. (laughs) Let's use, oh, we can't, gosh, they really. What are you trying to talk, what are you trying to do here? I'm trying to say 
in the beginning, you have a little bit of leverage. That's your friends and family. So maybe you use that leverage to say, okay, we'll do a podcast. To say, I started a podcast. Thank you. Can you, if you're interested in this, send it around, whatever. That's your leverage. So then now you've got 10 people listening to your podcast, right? Now you're on your podcast and you're delivering value. Maybe it grows to like 15, 20 people are listening to your podcast. Now you've got a bigger little circle of leverage and attention on you. Hey, I'm starting an Instagram account. And you mention it every time. So it's like this idea of wherever you have attention and leverage, use it to diversify. Use it to feed your other spheres of influence so that, you know, each one grows as you're growing. Yeah. Does that make sense? I was really trying to do this in a way where I didn't refer to any platforms that Facebook owned because I'm really – I'm more convinced than ever that Facebook is ruining the fabric of our society. Now, are you saying Facebook or Meta? Oh, oh I yeah, see. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's not go down that whole rabbit hole. But I think the, the important point that we're really trying to make here is just this. If you're getting started early on, you have to leverage whatever audience you have, wherever that audience is. Right. And by leverage, we don't mean like try and like, you know, do pull one over on them and like do weird things to do whatever. But it's to like have them help you grow because they're the only people who you can reach at this time. Right. And you also have to be really honest with yourself of if you don't have much of an audience, any of those circles of connection right now, you have to go out and build them and they take time. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have a, you know, a group that you're a part of or some friends you can message to sign up for your first ever email newsletter, listen to your first ever podcast, you have to put yourself in some of those groups Mm -hmm. and you have to become a part of those groups and you have to deliver value. And this all just stems for me so much in this conversation of having a much longer term mindset. Yes. So your goals have to be pushed out further than you want them right now. And your systems are going to take longer for you to find the one that works best. Like, But the beauty of it is when you shift your focus from this is exactly why this idea is important, because goal thinking is oftentimes short term thinking. Yeah. You go, I want the thing so badly. I want this or that or this amount of money or this amount of subscribers or whatever and so of course your brain is going to tell you that you want that thing because we're so bad at delayed gratification i want that thing as quickly as i can get it but the second that you focus more on the process and the system well then you can take forever to get to your goals because you enjoy it you enjoy the journey it's like that's like what we talk about how at some point we didn't care that it was taking us three years to get to our enough number because at some point we just enjoyed that it was working and that we found a process that was sustainable yeah and and this really gets to you know for those of you who are out there who are straddling the line between like you have clients but you want to get into products is are there a lot of people selling you a lie that you can just make that switch in 30 days? Well, now you're, we're still going to record the podcast episode no, about that. No, I know that. we're going to record the whole podcast about that. I but what I'm just going to give all the goods. No, no, no. It's fine. It's just a tease. But <laughs> I just think it's so important to, if you're seeing messaging in any way, shape, or form that is forcing you on a timeline that does not work for your life, mm-hmm. unfollow, unsubscribe, stop consuming that content because that is pushing you towards goal-based thinking Mm -hmm. as opposed to what we're trying to help you with, which is systems-based thinking, which we have just seen worked so, has worked so well for us for so many years. Mm -hmm. And it only starts to really click when you look back across those years and go, oh yeah, like we are where we are today only because we stopped chasing shiny goals and we started building better systems and processes. Yes. And I think that's really the point that I'm, I'm trying to hit home here for anybody who feels like they're stuck is 
you're probably stuck because you're so focused on a goal that's not achievable in a time frame that your systems are set up for. Yeah, or you're stuck because you've been so focused on that goal and you're not seeing the results and it's making you discouraged Yeah. rather than focusing on what you're putting into the system and yeah. the fact that that is something you can control. And would you feel more motivated if you were basically focusing on something you can control? And it goes back to a couple of weeks ago in the topic of the email that I wrote, which was, uh, do your actions, do your goals match your actions, right? So it's thinking about like, oh, I have this goal of getting more clients. Well, what are the actions you're taking to get those clients? Right. Oh, I have this this goal of selling, you know, some online courses. Okay, well, like, what are you doing to get to that? Because if you're just creating a course, that's not really an action to get you to have people to buy your course. Yes, the thing has to exist, but there's so many other steps along the way that you have to put in place. Great. Great. I could see that you are ready to talk about movies. Uh, you think so? Well, yeah. I just think we've kind of hit home... The what, point. We, what we wanted to say. Yeah, for sure. And definitely, we we both recommend reading James's book. He is an incredibly smart person. Yeah, uh, I'm going to read it again. Also, I think he I has just decided. Great hair choice. Really. Oh yeah. Stunning it's hair choice. A stunning hair choice. Yeah. It's because Jason has the same hair hair We're do. We're bald. Because they're bald. We're both bald. All right, movies. Let's talk about some movies. You remember what they were? <sighs> Have we not talked? It was about... Halloween weekend as we watched. We also, oh, let's just paint the picture. Oh, oh, oh. Let's just paint the picture. Yeah, let me go back. Let's paint the picture. Paint it. So uh, it's Halloween weekend, uh, this past weekend as of recording this. We, me, I decided Saturday I was going to bake some cookies, some sugar cookies, mm -hmm. and we were going to decorate Halloween style. And I think this surprised you because we've never done this before in our lives. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, we did Christmas decorated cookies last year. I found a good recipe for gluten-free uh, sugar cookies. Uh, they're not healthy. They're just gluten-free. And I was like, yeah, let's just, you know, we need some joy. We, we really enjoy doing the Christmas cookie decorating. Let's do it for Halloween. We've now decided we're going to decorate every, every holiday. It's, Arbor a, it's Day. a good activity for us. Thanksgiving. Uh, New Year's. We're gonna do some decorated cookie every every holiday. We're Mother's not, Day, Father's Day. We're not gonna uh, Bears Day. Uh, just all of them are gonna be. We're decorated. also gonna really work on our icing recipe, which we decided. We are. Uh, well, yeah, maybe not for a year. But what if we? What if this is the origin story? Anyway, of, like, I was our, setting the stage. I was it, setting the I know, stage. But listen, what if this is like the origin story of like our cookie business? You know, people are like, oh. And then, first of all, it's gonna be a cinnamon roll business. Do not do that. Well, you can do cinnamon rolls, and I'll do cookie decorating. Okay, I was about to say, I have never seen you bake. Um, <laughs> setting the stage, I baked the cookies earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. Got all the icing set up before the movies. We set up a bunch of bowls. We laid down some canvas on the table. We had two trays of cookies, and we were just off to the races, decorating. And then once we finished, and we had this array of beautifully decorated Halloween cookies that I ate like half of in two days, of course... <laughs> Then it was time for movies. I just wanted to set the stage for people so they could really take oh, that I in. Oh, I thought you were going to take that in a different direction, which was to let people know that you were slow cooking chili all day for us to deliciously oh, enjoy talk about it. with our movies. After... <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about the spicy okay, bean well, dip I, I made. <laughs> I am. After our cookie decorating, however, Jason got so into the decorating of the cookies, he thought he turned off the burner. He didn't turn off the burner. The chili became spicy bean dip. Yeah, it was Every... like a nice, like rich liquidy chili just like some good depth of flavor mm -hmm. in there like yeah, real the, where'd the flavor go evaporated sucked in no no it got sucked in into every morsel and bite of that bean every dip that drop I made. of liquid in this chili uh, gone 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 yeah never to be seen again <laughs> and so most of it the, the edges were burned most of it was burned yeah. but in the middle okay but we in had the middle two good servings 
Okay, the pot's never going to recover, first of all. No. But in the middle, you have this nice depth of flavor, spicy chunky, spicy beef. <laughs> what Jason ate with tortilla chips and I had with crackers. Um, and I, I honestly think that some of my my body issues the past four days have been because of this. <laughs> Poisoned you. Of the four of our 17 listeners who are cooking while you're listening to us, please make better than spicy bean dip tonight. We, okay? It was a good memory, though, because yeah. it was very funny. Great to laugh at. And so we ate this bean dip while we watched these movies. All right. The movies are... Scream 2, because you know we love just... You gotta follow it up. You gotta follow it you gotta up. Follow. We, so we, we did Scream last weekend, we're doing Scream 2, we did Scream 2 this weekend, we're doing Scream 3 this coming weekend. And then we watched a movie called Happy Death Day, which is one that I'd never seen before that you told me about. That did very well financially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did yeah. very well financially. Well, I want to do more research on this like horror genre and like... Just in general? Like, just, just horror think, movies in general? No, you want to do no, some no, research? No, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm very fascinated by the theater landscape in the past 10 years and how it's basically just marvel movies or like superhero movies or big blockbuster movies fast and furious etc or these horror movies yeah horror is really where they i think i told you i watched this interview a couple of years ago with the guy who runs like bloom house production company and i think they try to make all their horror movies for under five million dollars is like the rule and we looked it up this this movie was made for under five million yeah which is what reminded me of that interview. And I think it made like $150 million at the yeah, box office. Which is incredible. Like, uh, Incredible. That's well, let's wild. Start with, let's start with Happy Death Day. So Happy Death oh, Day, start with that. just okay. to set the stage, this won't do any spoilers because I believe it says it in the description of the movie. It is Groundhog Day. Yes. Someone, uh, but trying to like figure out who is, like why they're getting their life reset every single day. So, oh, you're really not yeah, going to give any spoilers. Yeah, okay, a little okay. nebulous. Uh, so, yeah. what did you feel about this movie? I'm going to change my score. Do you know what your score is? It was an eight. It was an eight. Yeah. So, it's a very, very, very enjoyable movie to me. Uh-huh. However, I can't score it as high as I did in hindsight. Okay. Because of some of the problematic things. Okay. I got to bring that down because okay. I need to be more aware of you that. You get docked. This is like Dancing with the Stars. You do a lift, you get docked a point. You got, Yeah. Uh, the second thing is, I really just have to be honest, like, I think I enjoy this movie, but I think I need to bring my rating down because it's just not as great as I think it is. Okay. What like, would you like your score to be? I think I'm going to go many potatoes? six and a half potatoes. Wow. Yeah. I think I have to bring it down a I full like point you're pressured, but, yeah. Um, no, no. I thought about this before. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. It's a hard one to score because I will tell you that just from a purely storytelling perspective, my brain was engaged yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Which I was not, you can tell the folks at home, you I was excited not to excited watch to watch this movie no. at all. No. There, and also, I don't love a Groundhog's Day. You don't. I, I just, I really don't like what, like repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. Stories. I don't like rewatching movies actually. But it had clues. And it did have clues. Yeah. And this is what we decided. My love of clues <laughs> has outweighed my dislike of repetitive things. Yeah. So I give it credit for keeping my attention. They did enough to like change the thing yeah. every time to yeah. where it didn't feel repetitive. Um it also changed styles. Here this is what I was like gonna say. Through. This is why I didn't score it very high. Because it could not decide what it wanted to be. There was a full change of tone. Yeah. Where it was like trying to go full like comedy parody type thing yes. at one point. But then like the whole beginning of the movie is like very very mostly thrillery and like yeah. I mean not like a serious thriller, but not it a just, lot of comedy. It bounced in and out for me of not that's really. That's what I liked, though. That's fine. You can like that. Yeah. But for me, I like a consistent tone. I like a, a tone of voice. It just felt like it was like a couple of different movies put together. Like they couldn't decide what direction they wanted to take. Yeah. 
And oh, this is what we actually wrote is it was made in 2017. And let me just tell you. Right. The you know, we talk a lot about problematic things in movies on here because we're watching everything and from the 90s, just which about is every movie in yeah. the 90s is just like we've evolved as a society. Thank goodness. Since then, this movie was in 2017. And when I tell you the amount of um, fat shaming, a lot of fat shaming, when I tell you yeah. the amount of what what else? It was it's like slut shaming. Slut as well. shaming. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these like things that I'm like, mm, very much like fa- college humor well, shaming stuff because it's set on a college campus. Right. And so yeah. and so we were like, OK, we get that they're trying to like turn this like sorority girl into this type of trope. Right. But like that is such we've decided as, yeah. a, as a group that that humor is like not actually helpful to society. And it's very low bar. Yeah. Well, like do something more interesting. Well, we talked about, too, is, OK, it's 2017. The head writer in the room of this movie is like reading this part of the script or writing this part of the script with like a a handful of other writers. Is it just that like in 2017, we weren't at a place enough yet where someone could raise their hand and be like, hey, let's not make these all jokes about someone being overweight. Maybe. Maybe we hadn't reached that point where actually the rooms had changed enough. Exactly. So the people, the dominant voices in the room were people who had no incentive to actually change. So maybe that's what we're seeing. But I will say, so, uh, and I would have to go back and watch it again because I watched it probably like, three or four months ago, Happy Death Day 2, the sequel, felt, I can just remember, felt so much less problematic and felt so much more inclusive well, in it. Well, before we say that, let's watch well, I'm it. just saying that was my my reaction mm-hmm. to it as I think back on it. It could be completely wrong, but right. I do think there was some change because I remember watching the second one and being like, oh, this is better. Like, this feels better. Well, I gave this movie a six because I still did find it entertaining. Yeah. And I would not watch it again. Yeah. And that's... I did watch it again with you. <laughs> and did. I still found it enjoyable and entertaining because it's just like a very fun take. We don't love horror movies for scare factor. Right. We like horror movies with for... Like, a diff- like, like horror comedies, you could oh, say. Oh, horror comedies, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I would consider Different this than... a horror comedy. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Second movie, which uh, was Scream 2, the second movie in the Scream franchise. And I really thought that Scream 1 was going to be my favorite. Favorite. But now I'm feeling conflicted. Yeah. Because, first of all, Scream 2. I definitely, I didn't remember anything about Scream 1. Yeah. Scream 2 is one that I do remember things about. Couple nuggets. Couple Couple nuggets. nuggets. Yeah. Again, going back to my love of clues, my favorite thing about these movies (laughs) is... What what was I saying the whole first 10 minutes of the movie? It's this person. It's doing. No, it's this person. It's no, this, it's this person. person. Yeah. There were 12 people that were shown on screen. All of them were the killer. I to you. love guessing the killer. That's <laughs> and they were like, oh, there could be two killers. So like, is it two of these people? I'm like, could it be? They're upping, it, they're upping the amount of killers because yeah. yeah. three killers. Yeah. I, it's my favorite part. It's yeah. just guessing. And um, I love the uh, um, additional amount of cast members that you like know that are actors. Oh, yeah. We had Timothy Oliphant. Yep. We had um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yep. We had... Who else got in here? Uh, who else was in here? Mainly those two. <laughs> there was somebody else. Oh, Le- Liev Schreiber. Liev oh, Schreiber. Well, he was in the first one. Yeah, on. but like he had no speaking right, right, parts. Right, right. Like, sure, he was sure. just off to the side. So like he you know, was coming to this. Oh, Joshua Jackson. Yeah, Joshua really Jackson small. Joshua Jackson is just a very small role in that. Small part, yeah. He, Dawson's Creek was probably taken off and they were like, hey, we need some... We need to put you on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Come on in. So I will say, Scream 1 to me, from like a director perspective, is a classic like tension horror movie. This one definitely feels like they softened the edges for like 
blockbuster well, appeal. Wes, Wes Craven, who directed the first, directed the first one, very much in the horror genre. Did Wes Craven not do the second? He one? He did not do the second one. Really? You can just tell by the visual of well, it. Well, that makes so much sense. Yeah, absolutely. Look it, it up real quick. I, I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure was it's more, not him. Scream two. It was more sort of like teen teen movie movie with a killer. Yeah. As a plot point. Yeah, I will say that the the very like storyline of the movie i mean it's like the same exact storyline of the first one just set in a different area yes 100%. which because the first one was enjoyable you could watch a movie basically doing the exact same thing again and be totally fine with it yeah they probably didn't want to um yeah, you don't want to mess with it because it works west craven scream 2 it is west craven you were 99 wow. sure do you think that's that, shocking that maybe to me? you overestimated (laughs) you know what that's shocking to me because if you remember from the first one yeah all the angles like he did all the classic like horror angles on things there were none of those in this one that's why i was so set so maybe the difference was the director of photography cinematography Mm, maybe that was more his was very like he had a lot of that direction he Mm -hmm. works with wes good old wes our friend wes i just think that they are just an enjoyable just an enjoyable classic so we got scream three coming up this weekend and then we're gonna have to wait for scream four Right? Is there? There is a four, coming and then out. no, no, no. I there think is a four, four. I think there is already a four, and then there is a new one coming out. Well, considering how much money these movies make, I'm not surprised. Right. Like this movie made an astonishing. Do you think that we money. are just going to get to a place as a society where we just cycle back through and we just make everything again? Absolutely. Because that's what we do anyway. That's all we do. Right. There's like a couple random new ideas that pop up, and then it's just a constant remixing of old ideas with like slight twists. Mm. That's humans. That's us. That's humans. That's our feeble this little brains. What were our potato scores? Um, Scream 2. I gave it 6.5 potatoes. Okay. And so this just 0.5 higher I, than Happy Death Day, which is interesting, but you said you really enjoyed this. Well, I just like to give a lot of room yeah, from I know 6 you do. to 10. I know you do. Okay, because there's just... You need so, to start going lower. I think Happy Death Day to you is more like a 5. Because if you're going to say this is a 6.5, it's got to... Tell me, Scream 2 has got to be a 1.5 rotten potato higher, don't you think? You think it's only a 0.5 higher? I do. I think they're very similar to me. Oh, I do. Interesting. I mean, listen, Scream 2 has a little bit of the inflation of the nostalgia factor. Right. So, but But, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dock Happy Death Day because that's not its fault. You know? Wow. When it was made. There's a lot of uh, drama here in the potatoes. (laughs) Just everybody's got their own scale. What was my rating? You get seven. Seven Seven. potatoes. Yeah. I just really like just these movies. You also said the music was very distracting in a hilarious way. Yeah. Yeah. That that is one thing. If you go back and watch Scream 2, especially after watching Scream 1 a week before, the music is hilariously bad at times. You're just like, why are we playing a trumpet so loud mm-hmm. while they're talking? Mm-hmm. I don't understand what this was for. It doesn't make any sense. But I love it at the same time because it makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. All right, those are our movies from last week. Jerry, we forgot Jerry O'Connell. He, Jerry O'Connell, he, see? There's another one. It's a big cast. Yeah, there was a bunch of people in there. Yeah. There were so many people that I thought were the killer. Yeah, like, you really were. Really all right. Well, that's it for us this week. That's uh, hope, it. hope you enjoyed uh, picturing us uh, doing the hand-decorated cookies while we watched these movies and we just explored our lives and ate uh, our bean dip. Ate that spicy bean dip. You survived. <laughs> also, we'll keep you abreast on travel updates here. In future episodes, we're going to shift the pod basically back over to travel planning because you're going to watch this train wreck in real time. Well, well you're going to listen to it. You can yeah. imagine it. You can close your eyes and imagine us. Which but be we fun. are very excited and. And looking forward to it again this is a dream that we've had for many years yeah five years and the fact that we are now able to 
make it a reality is something that we're really grateful for and we hope that you find it entertaining and we hope that it inspires you to ask yourself what your dreams are and to yeah. go after them not in a cheesy way and but in like a real year, way five years from now you can set that dream and you can figure out ways to work toward it as well just like we did yeah yeah all right everybody thanks for listening we got this one done in under an hour congratulations everybody huge win for all of us we will see you next week okay bye okay bye